You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Thanks for being with us. It's seven minutes after two o'clock. Dr. Kahisho Maarohan is a psychiatrist, public sector national convener, as well as South Africa's Society of Psychiatrists. He's a member there as well. And he's saying, you know, as we deal with COVID-19 and its problems, we have to ask ourselves, how does the nation sanitize or protect their minds and build resilience during these really, really difficult times. There is grief, there's uncertainty, there is anxiety, there is stress, there are all these other things that are happening around us. The question is, how does the nation sanitize or protect their minds and build resistance? That's the question that Dr. Maarohanye is asking. He's joining us on the line. Thank you so much, Doc, for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you for having me on the show. So this particular conversation usually is 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 a space where community of men gather and discuss issues. Now the the the, the issue here is the word discuss. And mm-hmm. and and we were having a conversation even yesterday where we we went into how difficult it is to connect to connect one's emotions to to one's lived experiences and how that could possibly be one of the things that we need to deal with and confront and we're doing this on this particular platform today and therefore having that in mind i want to ask for those who are listening then where would they begin especially if if we realize now that connecting to one's emotional being is so difficult yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is that everyone had, does have emotions, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you would not be human. And I think that the, maybe the difficulty with men is that over the, the years we've either learned or we've been told to suppress those emotions. Mm-hmm. But when they are alone, there's no doubt about it that those emotions exist. When I see my male patients, I still ask them to become depressed. It's not like I'm asking a different question just because they're male, mm-hmm. because because I know that they're gonna exp- they can experience the same emotional depression as my female patients. I also ask them do they become anxious, and I suppose it's in the space of a consulting room, which is private, which is secure, that they will admit to it. But I must say that even sometimes it's so difficult getting that 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 mm. word out of them. Mm. Uh, it takes a few sessions before they can open up and say yes. I'm actually was depressed, uh, but everybody experiences those emotions, and we just need to create spaces for them for men to be able to express themselves. Can people be depressed and not know it? Um, that's a good question. Yes, uh, because sometimes it can pre- depression can present in different ways. Mm. So I found that with the elderly, um, they present mostly with the headaches and uh, neck tension and back aches, uh, and it's only after much probing then they'll say that they are depressed uh, or I recognize that they're depressed then others present with the physical in other physical like maybe constipation for example but then others still they present with irritability you know mm. and aggression and I think maybe men may be more likely to present in that way where now they're starting to shout at the kids and even at work there seems to be some uh, interpersonal tension with colleagues then you start thinking could this be depression as well and and the reason I asked that question, and I really like what you you, you just said earlier, that sometimes it's, it's physical, right? So it's a headache, it's a backache, it's all those other things. The trouble with that is that then where they would seek help is not necessarily with someone like you. So getting to the solution may take a really long time. 
Absolutely, absolutely. That's always a problem. And, and what I've noticed is that if you've been running around with depression for months or years, mm. you're probably going to take me just as long to get you better, you know. And mm. even the medication, I'll probably have to give you for a far longer time and higher doses in order to get better. But but in medical schools, we trained uh, sort of our medical students who majority of them become GPs to be able to recognize these symptoms and signs and be able to manage at least uh, sort of mild or moderate depression. So there's nothing wrong with a man or anybody going to a GP and mm-hmm. saying that I'm not feeling well. And in fact, the, the GP sees the patient is coming to them frequently with the same problem. They should in their mind say that this person is depressed, they need to see a psychiatrist. And with some of our GPs, I've seen that happen and I'm grateful. How do I identify the fact that I've got depression? Before a doctor tells me, what should I be asking myself while I'm on my own to identify the fact that actually I think there is something else going on here? Yes. I think uh, one of the symptoms uh, could be loss of sort of interest in pleasurable activities. So you used to like watching movies, you used to participate uh, in sports or go to the gym. And now you're not going to the gym as much as before. And I think the important thing is that you don't get a cliff drop in activities. You find that slowly over weeks or months, you know, doing something less and less and less. And you start thinking something is going on. And if you're generally feeling tired most of the time, so you want to sleep even during the day or at work, or your concentration at work is not quite what it is, you get distracted during meetings, and then you start thinking, okay, maybe something is, 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 is occurring. But even kids will tell you that, you know, daddy or mommy, you, you seem to be shouting at us more often, and that should be a sign that, you know, maybe I should I need help. Um, and obviously, classically, uh, not sleeping as well. Yeah. You know, we, we are now talking at a point where it's already happened, but you highlight the fact that we need to sanitize. I like the words that you use, sanitize, and protect minds against building and, and build resilience. H- how do we do that in an environment where it really, I mean, I think even the best of us, it's really quite stressful at the moment. There is a lot of grief. There's a mm-hmm. lot of uncertainty and anxiety and all these other things that we've confronted with. How does one protect oneself in an environment like this? Yeah, I remember that uh, before the first lockdown or, or during the first lockdown, I was particularly anxious to find out about this this pandemic and find out about this novel coronavirus and say, I need to inform myself. And obviously, I read a lot about it. It's easy as a doctor. Mm. But then I got more, as I got more and more information, I realized what weapons I personally have to fight against it. And fortunately, the same thing that the government has been telling us, you know, sanitize yourselves, um, hand washing, wear a mask, social distance, and you find that you're capable of doing this. You know, most people can do these things, you know. So I realized that I could get some control or take back some control from the pandemic, and I think that lessened my anxiety. So I encourage people to learn as much as they can about the pandemic, uh, watch the news. If the numbers are going up, more than 10% infection rate, and you say, okay, something is going on, I need to be more careful. Uh, but then the other thing is that you need to also think to myself, how do I strengthen my mental health state? And exercising definitely also helps. And then eating healthily also helps. Sleeping adequately, you know, these are the basic things, but they certainly have been proven to help um, boost your immune system and strengthen your psychological resolve. So I would encourage people to do these things, and the chance of them becoming disordered or having a mental disorder are lessened. Mm-hmm. 
I've got some voice notes coming through, Doc. Let's just take a listen. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on listening to the show now about the mental health. Yeah, hey, male mental health is becoming an issue these days. I mean, I'm talking from experience. I'm going through something myself right now. I have no one to talk to. You know, when you're on your own, you don't know what to say. You just want to hide under a rock. I really need someone to speak to. I don't know if I can get some help. You know, someone, some professional person who I can speak to. So the interesting bit about that voice note, Doc, is that it's a voice note, right? So this person, um, in as much as they can remain anonymous, we don't have to see who they are or know their name, and you are here, they still found it difficult. And yet he says, I don't have anyone to talk to. The opportunity presents itself and he's not even willing to take it. How do we help that kind of a person? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm quite grateful for the for the voice note because mm. I think he speaks for a lot of people. Mm. You know, it's not even about him as such. Mm. Uh, going through what he's going through, and I, I think what I've noticed is that there's this misconception that only psychiatrists can help. Okay, fair enough, I'm a psychiatrist, but my colleagues can also help. So psychologists can help, counselors can help, social workers can help. You know, some people even go to physiotherapists initially when they've got this backache that I was speaking about earlier. Mm. And then they can also help or try or recognize that. I think there's a bit more than what I can handle. Let me refer you to someone. And we work in a MDT. So basically, I would have access to or they will have access to me, OT, social work and so forth. So I think people must not be fearful to, to, to access healthcare through that. And then I know if you've got a if you're working for a company, some of them, they've got a, sort of a system of counselors that you can call or at least approach online. And then these are the people that you can also speak to and, and try to resolve your problems. Um, and GPs as well. I mean, GPs, I think, is a good source of someone that you can talk to. Not only that they'll spend five minutes with you, some of them will need to spend 20 minutes with you and then they can have a talking session. Uh, but closer to home. I think we must be able to identify people, friends. Uh, I've had, you know, people calling me and then we just have a 30-minute session, just general talk, and it just sort of helps them a little bit. So um, it, it, my problem is if you're not talking, that's when the, 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 the illness or the mental illness become worse and worse. But if once you talk, at least you can abate some of the distress that you're going through. And, and for me, I think that the, 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 the issue is, is deeper than that. So he, he recognizes that he's got a problem. Mm. And, I, and I bet you he actually knows who to call and that the fact that there is professional help. But, but there is that the sense of, but I can't. But I can't. Mm. How do I begin? For some, it's shame. For some, it's, mm. it's all sorts of other things. And it's that guy that I want us to try and assist with at least the first step of reaching out for help. Because I think a lot of people know, they know it's there. They, they yeah. just cannot get themselves to admit to themselves that they can get it or they are willing. Whether it's an ego, I'm not sure what it is, but it's different for yeah. different people. It's that guy that I want us to assist. Yeah, I think what what he needs and other men need to realize is that there's a whole lot of them. Like I was saying initially, mm. we have this problem. So if he's going to come to me as a psychiatrist, he must not expect that he's going to be the only male in a practice full of women. You know, that maybe and he's male. not the only one with a problem. 
Exactly, yeah. you know. So I think he needs to overcome that first. You know, if, if I've spoken to him, I need to get more details. But he needs to overcome that first. Um, and another thing is that help comes in different ways. Mm. And I was trying to emphasize that, that it's not only that it's going to come to me and I'm going to give him an injection mm. or some um, medication that's going to dose him so that he can't work. No, no, no. There are many ways of doing it. And, and people have got a stigma against our medication. Yeah. I particularly make sure that when I give you medication, you're still able to go to work. And there are many other, like antidepressants you take in the morning, and you can still function. So at the same time, it's helping with your with your distress, but you're still able to function. So I think this kind of information needs to be spread to to the nation so they know that they can get help and doesn't have to be like a hammer. Yeah. Let me go to more voice notes, Doc, for you. A good day, this is Pimelo, and to the listeners of SAFM. I just wanted to know, um, just to ask from your guest, um, if... How can someone um, learn to to, to 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 be in touch with their feelings? How how do you help yourself to know that no 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 now I'm going into the danger zone? How do you realize that that now I'm I'm going to be trading into some dangerous waters in terms of depression? Uh, because I believe that nowadays there's a lot of things that can depress us. So how do you know? just the signs or the symptoms uh, that can one can see that now I'm going to be trading in some dangerous waters. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon, uh, Pomelo. It's uh, Selvan Gamde from Durban. Pomelo, I'd just like to ask the special guest, does uh, men's hormone levels affect affect the moods? Like if the levels, if the men levels are high or low, can it elevate the moods or cause the mood swings thank you that's such an interesting question let's start with that one doc yeah i think generally you find that with men with high testosterone levels uh that hormone uh, they can become quite more irritable and more aggressive so so that can happen and obviously if, if you use it or overusing steroid hormones they can also lead to more irritability and more aggression so, so, so that can happen. Um, but I, I don't want us to have the impression that if, if a man is, is aggressive or irritable, it means that there's necessarily something wrong with their hormones. Um, to lead to a mental illness is a, it's multifactorial. Uh, yes, it could be physical, but it could be social factors as well mm-hmm. that are leading to that, or genetic factors that can lead into that. Mm-hmm. But certainly, in, um, uh, sort of high levels of testosterone, it can also lead to, can lead to someone having. Um, behavioral problems basically and here we are looking to have more higher testosterone and then it can lead us to dep- i mean it's a lot you know and so the the other one the first voice note that came through is a gentleman mm-hmm. who's asking when do you know you're you're about to get into that danger zone he says and and when how he asked i think two parts to this question was how how can he get more connected to his emotions and i think the second one was how does he know that he's starting to to move towards depression yeah, I think we need to, like you said at the beginning, we need to recognize that men do have emotions. You know, um, there's a triad of sort of human functionality, which is the thoughts that they have, the behavior that they have, and the emotion that they have. Um, I know most men, you know, look at their behavior and say, I'm acting this way or not acting this way, and they look at their thoughts. But somewhere in there, some emotions are raging, and it's a matter of 
perhaps when they speak to someone, you know, uh, we need to ask them, but, okay, I know you're complaining about this, and I know you're being like this, but how do you feel about it? You're complaining about your boss, but how do you feel about it? You know, are you angry? Are you just disappointed? And I think then that starts and that opens up an, um, an avenue of exploring these emotions. And I, and I know psychologists are pretty good at, at doing these things, or even counselors. Um, and in terms of recognition, I think um, that's what we're saying earlier. You have to look at your, your performance at work. Um, if it's not as great as before, and especially if you're tired, you always need to take breaks. You know, from three meals a day, you're having only one meal a day. And then you have to say, okay, maybe something is amiss here. Um, because if we're going to wait for people to sit in a corner and cry and say, I'm depressed, that may be too late. I think there's a lot of other sort of thought processes that go on and a behavioral process that happen. And even if you're concentrating negative thoughts, I'm a failure, I can't achieve anything, um, that's not going to work, the negative cognitions may indicate that you need to see someone. So what does it take to actually get the the um, the professional work that happens? So once you are already with a professional, it's not enough, is it? What does it take for that work to actually be effective? What does it require from the patient for that to be effective? Um, I think we want a high degree of openness. I think it's important not only to talk about your current problems, but also talk about your your, your, your past problems. So I find that patients will, will complain of one thing and then once they get sort of more comfortable with you, then they say, oh, but there's something that happened 10 years ago that, that, that has affected me. Um, and we, we start to, to deal with it. Um, so openness from a patient does help. Um, the other thing that is to recognize that not, not one thing helps. It's not only about drugs. You know, it's not about going to a drug, to a psychiatrist and say, give me the drug and I want to go home. They also need to engage with the Psychologists for psychotherapy, they need to engage with group therapy. Even the creative work that we do as well through OT, that can also help and give you and raise your self-esteem and, and, and give you a sense that uh, self-efficacy, that I can do things for myself. So we need to do all of that together in order to get the, the, the results that are meaningful. Anonymous is calling us from Limpopo. Good afternoon, Anonymous. Yes, yes good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for calling. You know, ma'am, to be quite friendly right now, I've lost all the hope. Mem, I'm 46, I'm unemployed, I'm starving, I do not have food, I do not have work. This memory is so difficult. Last week I've just buried my, my best friend who committed suicide. Me and him were going through the same problem. And then I started realizing the fact that I'm not seeking counseling at an early stage is going to become something. Now I've buried my best friend this weekend. Yes, I don't know where to start, man. Sure. You lost your friend last week, Anonymous? Yes, he committed suicide. He committed suicide, yes. Sure. Doc? Yeah, I think this, this is what particularly we're worried about, you know, um, somebody else was saying, but is the problem really that bad? And uh, my, although we don't have the in South Africa, it is a problem. People are in their own corners committing suicide, and we're trying to prevent another suicide from occurring. But I think what, what people need to understand, um, this, this, this caller, doesn't have, probably doesn't have medical aid anymore, mm. but he's got every right to go to the local clinic or to a local hospital and seek help. And there we were having social workers and having counselors and they could at least start to, to help him. Like I was saying, a lot of these things, it's not only about drugs, you know, just counseling and psychotherapy can go a long way in terms of helping that. Um, but just socially, I think society needs to recognize that 
our charitable work can save lives. You know, the gentleman is always in a crisis. Maybe somebody can help him with whatever way they can help him. It may prevent him from, you know, uh, sort of deteriorating any further. But the most important thing for him is that, you know, he needs to definitely see someone, a GP or, a, or even the pastor if he's resistant uh, inclined. And, and that can actually help him. You know, find people who find it better uh, counseling from a pastor than perhaps myself as well. So he's allowed to go there and seek help from that avenue. Anonymous, you speak about the fact that you did think about getting help. H- have you yes. tried getting help? I think that, you know what, uh, getting help from people, that, like, uh, let me give an example. Yes. That's that community suicide. You always come to me and I always thought maybe I'm giving him, like, you know, I'm giving him motivation. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he's doing better. Because every time I speak to him, he said, yes, he's okay. No, no, it's fine. Then if you think I will be better, then he committed suicide. Then I, I started realizing that you need professional, you see, seeking mm-hmm. help from it. I can't tell him from friends. Sometimes, you know, it will end up like this. So me too, I think that I have to go to the professional people. Are you, are you ready to get professional help? Yes, ma'am, yes. I mean, in Bobo, yes, yeah. The problem is that, ma'am, you need money to get from point A to point B. Right now, I do not know where my, my next meal will come from. I'm unemployed. I don't have money yet. Mm-hmm. This is a problem, yes. okay. but I'm ready. I'm ready to get help. We'll, we'll we'll give you when we put you back on hold. We'll also give you the number for SEDEC, where you don't have to leave the house, um, yes, yes. where we can try and get you help already on on the phone, uh, like yes. you're talking to us now, so that we can start there before you even leave the house. Can, can yes. we do that, um, anonymous? That would be great, then. Yes, yes. yes. All right. I, I really appreciate your call. Is there anything else you wanted to ask our doctor here? Yeah, you know, I, I like the fact that you suggested a uh, conversation like FedEx, you know. Um, so that's what I'm trying to say, that uh, not necessarily is low level, but it's high quality intervention as well. Mm. You can talk to someone telephonically and receive that counseling, and that can occur from anywhere in the world. In fact, they've seen the, the volume uh, call rates have gone up since uh, the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. You know, so, so a lot of people are turning to them for, for help, and it has been... Uh, Beneficial. Thank you for reaching out, Anonymous. We'll, we'll give you that number. I'll also, um, you know, say it out loud here as well. Anonymous there in Limpopo. The number is 0800 12 13 14. 0800 12 13 14. That's a SADC number and you don't have to leave. You just simply call them and they can try and assist on the line. We'll continue with this conversation after the headlines. It's 2.30. Let me go to Utsi Lesago for the very latest. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Thank you so much for staying with us. We are discussing mental health on today's Men's Forum. And uh, Dr. Gahisho Maarachanya is our psychiatrist with us. And I said it's a very safe space. And so you are more than welcome to give us a call. And if you haven't been able to reach out to anybody, you can do that now. And you can remain anonymous. I promise you it's a safe space. 011-714-2006. You can also send a WhatsApp note on 0614 104107. I, I did say that I will give out that number again. I know a lot of you are asking for that number again. And it's a static number. It's 0800 12 13 14. 0800 12 13 14. Doctor, there is an SMS that's come through here. It's also uh, anonymous and it's saying, I'm listening to the show and I want to know if a person is always insulting, fighting, always ready with negative answers, do you think that person is depressed? 
Um, yeah, I think, well, this one will need to see them first, mm. uh, but it is certainly a possibility. I think it's, it's a change in behavior. I think that's what uh, should have led us to some problem. If, if they were naturally, well, before they were like a positive, kind person, and all of a sudden now they become more irritable, I think that change in behavior, change in thoughts, is something that should worry us, and then maybe they need to see someone um, because maybe they could have depression or, or, or some other mental illness. Mm. Anonymous, another anonymous is calling us from East London. Thank you for calling anonymous. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon. Go ahead, anonymous. Yeah, ma'am. I've I've been dating this girl for more than twelve years now. Uh, we got married last year, December. I'm very big on communication, and she's not. Mm-hmm. And that's taking a very big toll on our relationship because we keep on fighting about after we that I thought we resolved like years and and years going back. So have you have you raised this with her, anonymous? Numerous times, ma'am. Numerous times, and she'll always say, "No, I'm sorry, I understand," but but it keeps on happening again. Like if maybe I've done something like wrong unintentionally, she will not say, she will not tell me right away. She'll like be cross at me for 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 more than three days or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she'll end up uh, telling me after some time, and then yeah, it's it, it's always like that, and it's 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 working mm-hmm. me. So so sometimes I can't even sleep at night because. Now it's even worse because we're even married. Now I thought things were gonna be different. Now that we're married, like I thought maybe I'm asking too much from from from, from her mm-hmm. before we were married. So now we're married and it, it, it's still happening. Doctor Maarokhani. Yeah. I think this is where we need to get professional help because there are, there are many elements um, that are attached to any sort of complaint or any uh, sort of presentation of symptoms. And and obviously you're speaking about what's happening maybe now, but the question is what was happening before in other circumstances. So as psychiatrists, we don't only look at the one complaint uh, from the complainant, we like to see, ask other questions that may be related or not. Um, the other thing is that we, to explore the dynamics, obviously we need to see the partner as well and then find out what is going through, what, what's going through with them and, and from their perspective, what is what is happening. And then also get a background history of the gentleman and also of the, of, of the lady. So there are a lot of sort of work that needs to be done here. Our consultations can take up to one to two hours trying to figure out exactly what is going on before we can come up with some sort of answer. Because I can suggest an answer, but then obviously may not be the one that actually solved the problem. I mean, would it be would it be something that uh, could be, could they need help together, not not necessarily individually? Do you think oh, that's... That could Even be individually, it? both individually and together. Hmm. Um, I think, I think it's, it's important to, to recognize that. Um, so marriage counseling obviously can help. Even seeing a, a local social worker, social workers obviously they do a lot of marriage counseling and they'll be able to see them as individuals and as a couple and try to, to assist them. Um, but yeah, but I wouldn't want to just say one solution one solution will solve uh, the whole problem it needs to be further exploration needs to be done An- anonymous have you have you spoken about getting help with your partner uh yes ma'am we have in fact uh on monday we are seeing a marriage council oh, from, from farms okay 
Yeah, but I don't know if it's gonna help because I I doubt yeah I I doubt she's like we're going to hear anything from there. I mean, besides the fact that she has to talk, you know, because I'm flexible. I I want to listen to her. I want to grow as well as a person because the moment she talks and tells me no, you were wrong here, you were wrong there. She's allowing me an opportunity to grow as a person and as a, as, a, as a partner. But but, but, but she, she's not, she, she did agree yeah. to the to counselling, right? Yes, of course. Ma'am. Please be open-minded. The, I mean, and also the professional will know exactly how to deal with people like that. Um, I'm sure they come across people like that. I mean, I'm I'm quite excited at the fact that you guys are seeking help, and and the fact that she has agreed it means that she's possibly open to to getting assistance. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, man, anonymous. Thanks for that. All the best. Um, yes, go ahead. Yeah, go but ahead. I think we should, we should not forget him as well. Mm. So obviously, they're going to have marriage counseling and try to solve the relationship, but it may have some impact on him negatively. So he needs to get some help individually. As well. You mean you mean he he must probably think about his own uh, own. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, we've lost him now, but that's that's an interesting one. That anonymous maybe also get your own. Um, you know, psychiatric assistance or psychological assistance on the side, apart from um, help for the both of you. All the best uh, to you, Anonymous. Zola, you're calling from Bloemfontein. Good afternoon. Uh, good day, ma'am. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Zola. Uh, good day to the doctor. Mm. Uh, hello. Yes. Uh, ma'am, I just wanted to find out, when you are married and have uh, some uh, conflicts with your wife, can it affect the bedroom? Can it happen that the uh, the bedroom is no longer the way it is supposed to be because of the differences that you have based on the fact that you don't uh, agree on everything and you end up in a you know in not talking nice to each other can that affect the intimacy talk yes no, certainly um you find, find that those disagreements especially lasting for a long time um they may and start generating depression within the person and once you have depression um, then we can have what we call loss of libido, basically. So lots of interest in sexual activities. So that can definitely, definitely happen. Um, and then if you don't seek help, you know, it's not a matter of it's going to get better after a while. You need to seek professional help so that we can talk about it. The same thing with uh, the previous caller, marriage counseling. He needs individual help. She needs individual help. And then even... With the medication that we give, we can give medication that takes into account this complaint of his and try to overcome it. And then it doesn't just end there. I mean, it's going to be multiple multiple consultations over months and years in order to make sure that, you know, we rectify the problem. Let's take a quick break and I'll be back with more. There's an SMS coming here um, and this person is saying, I realize it's only a men's problem. It's not a men's program only. You are so welcome to also give us a call, even if you're not a man. Please do that. Uh, the number is uh, 011-714-2006. You are very welcome to also give us a call as well. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm with Dr. Kahisho Moarohani, and he's a psychiatrist. He's also a convener of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. We're discussing mental health issues. We've got Mozunga here, who's calling us from Limpopo. Good afternoon, Mozunga. Good afternoon, Mozunga. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Now I can. Hi. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. You're speaking to Mozunga Mativa. Mm. I'm actually a clinical psychologist mm. in practice. Mm. So I heard there's somebody calling from Limpopo saying they don't have money, they're not yes. working, they need help. Yes. I'm not really sure if static would be able to help everyone. Obviously, we, we are not also going to be able to help everyone that comes uh, without any money. But I just thought, you know, maybe I could call in and 
give assistance to the guy who phoned oh. earlier. That is so, so generous of you. So what we'll do is I will then put you back to the producers. They'll get your details and then we can then maybe see if we can assist that gentleman that you you responding to. Thank you so much, Muzunga. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you very, very much for that. Here is an SMS that says, um, Pimela, how do I deal with a relationship with a partner who flatly refuses to accompany me to go to counseling? Doc? Um, perhaps, if, you know, if, if your partner as well doesn't want to get counseling, maybe, like I said, you can also get help first. And then um, we are allowed, and we often do it uh, as, as psychiatrists and clinical psychologists, we will then ask permission for us to call your partner and then try to invite him in. So that's what we try to do. Um, so she doesn't she have to feel that, you know, she has to do it herself. Uh, another professional can, can easily do that. And you find that uh, you know, men or women eventually they do come for for some sort of counseling, especially when they see that there's been change on the other side and they realize that okay, maybe I need help too. So I don't think she should necessarily give up and then maybe give an opportunity to professionals to find a way of speaking to their partner uh, to to get them into into for 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 help. Mm. Uh, another one says, well, I have been with my wife since 2010, married since 2013. We've grown apart so much. I'm contemplating divorce. We've had seven miscarriages between 2011 and 2018. I suggested that we get help, but she's refused. Yeah, I think the same principle as well. I mean, I have seen in, in my practice more men are coming out and they're complaining about marital problems. So uh, I don't think one should feel that, you know, they have to stay home until the wife agrees. I think you can also seek help. And, and when one partner sort of opens up to, to seeking professional help, I think the other partner may realize that, okay, maybe we can't solve this problem. Um, and they come to us, they get admitted, we give therapy or we give whatever medication that we give. Um, but I, I don't think people should, should should be in a quagmire of thinking, if we don't go, don't, if we don't both go to marriage counseling, mm-hmm. then we can't get help. I mean, one, we just need one person to break that stigma and seek help. I've got some voice notes coming through, Doc. Just take a listen. Uh, good morning, good morning, Saskatchewan. All right, so obviously that was that was for Kathy. Perhaps it wasn't for me. Maybe they thought I was this Kathy. Um, there's another voice note coming through. Good afternoon, Pamelo. I'm Zanella in Devon. I've been on that situation like the previous caller, the previous uh, voice note uh, mentioned. How I survive on that situation. I was needed someone to talk to. I needed someone to comfort me. But at the same time, I didn't need anyone who will talk around me. That was going to be better to have someone with me, but not a talkative person. How I survived on that? Through Jim. Through Jim. I really got healed by going out for jogging, especially the, 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 the jogging that really, really helped me is the early morning, early morning breeze, um, a, a, a gym, air freshener and all that, that did help me to go out in the morning and jog. That fresh breeze did, did help me. 
it didn't take even two weeks. I was completely back into my sense. Thank you, Pamelo. <laughs> Anonymous calling as well. Um, Anonymous, thank you so much for calling us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Anonymous. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go ahead, Anonymous. Uh, no, I just um, I was just driving basically, and heard you guys talking, and I just well basically just trying to see. My my thing is, uh, you know, this country is all about GBV. And, you know, it's not good to hit women, and we all know that. But I'm saying, like, I'm in a marriage uh, where I feel my wife uh, abuses me in terms of things she says to me and stuff. And on Monday, it just basically went all ape, where she, I mean, like, physically hit me with her hands, with sticks that broke on my body. And being a man, of course, you're not going to retaliate, but uh, then what do you do? Uh, Or what kind of help do you get there? Because even, like, not sleeping, going to work the next day, or sleeping in my car, sorry, going to work the next day and then asking, you know, can we please talk? Spend two hours to just try and fix this relationship. She says nothing. Uh, doctor, uh, let's go to a therapist. No, they're not going to help us. Go to a pastor. No, they're not going to help us. So what does a man do in that situation? Because it's always, okay, I used to be like this. I used to be like that. You try to be a better person. So I'm not sure if there's any advice or should I just stay and I deserve it because I was a, a particular type of person, or, or, or I, I don't know. What, were you, uh, what kind of a person were you? Uh, I mean, uh, I was an aggressive person. I won't say I abused her and stuff, but, you know, get angry for stuff. And, uh, like, I used to, like, you know, grab her and basically, like, if I was angry or something, and then I learned over time, of course, to become a, a person that can, you know, talk and uh, try and explain things. But I'm saying... I don't do, I haven't done that. It's happened like twice in our relationship in six years uh, that I grabbed her and like, you know, trying to be like, you know, angry at something, whether it was because of her ex-boyfriend or with another guy or whatever, but irrespective, it doesn't matter. No matter what she may have done, it doesn't give me the right to put my hands on her. And I've stopped that, but I'm saying six years into a marriage and then a woman just hits you, chases you out of your own house, Oh, I mean, like so, I listened to a guy so, saying that he wants to commit suicide. So, so I literally, sorry. I want to know. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not cutting you short. I'm gonna just gonna go to a quick break and come back to you. But I want you to think about this because I'm, I'm hearing you say that you were that guy. Um, yes, but I'm was saying that, like yeah, yeah. In, so, so in the question. Yes, yeah. the question I wanted to know is that was that the nature of your relationship together? So were you both abusive? Were you people mm-hmm. that were violent together? before uh, yes and we both used to drink so i've stopped drinking mm-hmm. over the last two years mm-hmm. trying to like eliminate whatever faults are found in myself mm-hmm. you know to to de-escalate the situation thinking i'm the fault and it came to a point on monday where i sat in my car and thinking trying to get closer to god mm-hmm. i pray fast i go to work come home no friends no drinking no sport no nothing okay. i mean like what else can i stop I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with the doctor's response. But I just want to also say something, and this is not just specifically only to you, and it's for many people. I think there is such a um, misrepresentation of what gender-based violence means. Gender-based violence does not represent one gender over the other. Does that make sense, what I've just said? 
Anonymous? This book. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. She's a so, big activist for that. So what, for no, women. No, what, what I'm saying is yeah. gender-based violence by its, yes. by its um, nature and proper definition, definition right? Yeah. Does not mean that the one gender is, is more important than the other gender. Yes. So, so even if you're a man and you yeah. feel abused, yeah. that in itself should also be taken into account. Yeah, so it's no, not true. one, it's not, it's, the, the idea is not to only focus on women. Yes. It's, it's for both genders. It's, <clears throat> it's violence that is against somebody else based on their gender. Gender, exactly. You see? So you have every right to also raise your hand and say, I have been abused. That right yeah. you have, and you need to be able to feel that you can raise your hand and say, I feel that I've been abused and I need help. Yeah. So thank you so much for reaching out. I'm going to come back to you in a short while. Uh, doctor will be able to assist you whatever way he can. And, and thank you for being so open about your story. Let's take a quick break. I'll be back. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So we were having a conversation with Anonymous who, who was um, giving us his side of the story. Um, Dr. Ma'arohan, we've lost him. I don't know if you'll be able to give him some sort of a response there. Um, yeah, I think I'd like to actually speak in general terms. Um, I think what I'm realizing and, and what I've probably expected there are people from the length and breadth of this country, Limpopo, Durban, Riverton, who are men who are having problems. And I think that's the first thing we must, we must realize. And these, these callers are representing a whole lot of other men and women who are having problems. Uh, but I think where uh, maybe a lot of people are getting stuck is to think that to see a professional, I need to go with my partner. You know, they, they, they seem to think that I cannot solve this thing without the other person, which may be true. But I'm also interested in seeing you as an individual, because surely this relationship, like a, a toxic work environment, if you're working for a, an awful boss, you're not necessarily going to bring the boss to me to solve the problem. You're going to come on your own and you're going to complain about your boss, and I'm probably going to get a social worker to speak to your boss to resolve the situation and reaccommodate you. The same thing with the relationship. I think people are allowed to step out of the relationship, not necessarily divorce or separate, and seek help on their own. And then they can try to articulate where they, where they think that the relationship went wrong. And the counselor or the psychologist can try to maybe try to see what could have, if that is true or not. And then eventually we can get the other person to come in. Uh, the, the one of the callers said that you know, she was in a similar situation. Mm. What she did is she helped herself first, you know, by going to gym. And, and that is a powerful uh, statement that she made. And it actually worked. To a point where maybe she came back and she was now less depressed, less anxious. Then she can get a, a proper perspective of the situation that she uh, she is in and can take whatever decision that she needs to take. But I think it, it, it's quite difficult for, for uh, people should not feel that they have to come with their partners. We as psychiatrists, we see a lot of individuals 
mm-hmm. a lot of individuals and we try to help the individuals and obviously to, to create holistic management, then we bring in the partners of the family to, to complete the process. I so appreciate the time you've given us. We're going to have to leave it there. Um, we will make more time for this conversation. I think it's so such an important conversation. Dr. Gahisho Ma'arohanye is a psychiatrist, is also a, a national convener of the South African Society of Psychiatrists there. Thank you so much.